I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. Another episode of That Witch Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm That Witch Next Door. Today I'm going to be your host, your guide, your mentor, and instructor in all things magic, witchcraft, astrology, and witchy business, of course. And hello, November. <laughs> I am in so much shock that it is November, November 1st to be exact. Um, if you're listening to this on the day that the episode is released, Halloween is over. Although, you know, Samhain, All Hallows Eve, really took place the evening beginning the 31st and took place all the way through the evening of November 1st. So the veil is still very, very thin, my friends. So if you can still sense that and feel that, I hope you know that you can absolutely keep keep stretching out the Halloween celebrations and festivities. So how are you doing today? I am tired, but in a really, really good, happy, grateful way. Over Halloween weekend, we through a party. Um, we always throw a Halloween party, an annual Halloween party since my birthday is right around that time. Well, it's the day before. Uh, and we love the season. We love the holidays. So we've been throwing a Halloween party at our house for, I believe we counted eight years. I think this was the eighth year and which is just so crazy to think about. And since we're moving, cross country in a few months. This is our last Halloween party in this home in this town, which is very, very bittersweet. Um, and then my birthday and Halloween activities with my daughter and my family. So feeling tired, feeling busy from all good things, which is a really, really good feeling to have. This actually perfectly leads me into that witch school bulletin today because a big reason I'm feeling nice and busy is I am just letting myself plan out content and curriculum over the next couple of months uh, into the end of the year, which again is just so crazy to think about. We have been growing just so steadily and so amazingly. I'm, I've been so excited seeing everybody join in and sign up um, for different tier levels. Today, I want to specifically shout out and welcome some of our new members in Mighty Networks um, that didn't make our welcome list last week um, because it was just in between recording times. So I wanted to give a big welcome to Andrea, Farron, and Bonnie. Thank you so much for joining us in Mighty Networks. We're so excited to have you. Don't forget to download the app. Make sure you turn on notifications so that you get the full experience and you don't miss out on anything. 
I can't believe we're already done with level two astrology, which is just so cool, which essentially means that over the next few weeks, I will have everyone be focusing on integrating and applying and practicing everything that we've discussed and learned in level two. And while we're doing that kind of on the back end, what I'll be working on is recording the final videos for the class so that we can package up level two astrology with that witch next door and get it uploaded on that witch shop. And you can now order level one and level two astrology. And um, I'm so, so excited for that. So make sure you stay tuned around here for that because it will not be very long before that is announced. And I will definitely be running a very special special that day. So when I, when I launch level two, so make sure that you are on my email list. Um, make sure that you're following along with the show though, so that you don't miss those important updates. Um, this week. So as you saw in the show notes or show title today, I'm talking about what I wish I knew when I first started. And in this case, this is going to be when I first started learning astrology. This is something that, this is a concept that I've been talking about with a few of my clients lately. And I wanted to, I've been really, really inspired by the discussion. And I want to do something similar with everybody on the podcast. And every so often, I want to drop an episode like this, just what I wish I knew when, you know, when I first started reading tarot, when I first started practicing witchcraft, um, when I first started my business, there's just all these things that I think would be really, really interesting. And I think it's good for all of us to go back and reflect on those things. Um, see how far we've come, let our past selves feel proud and accomplished and grateful for all of the work that we did back then, right? To get to where we are now. And so what I wanted to do for everyone in that witch school, next door neighbors, part-time students, full-time students at uh, at this week uh, for some bonus content is offer another astro channeling exercise. Because I think that when we kind of go through the list for today, these, these things that I reflected on that I wish I knew when I first started studying. My goal and intention is that you feel really motivated and really inspired to start really applying and integrating your knowledge as well. Because especially if you've been a longtime listener, especially if you started studying astrology a few months ago or a year ago, whatever it is, this is going to be a great time to join all of us and get in on some practice exercises. Of course, for full-time students in Mighty Networks, we'll be able to post about our astro channeling experiences and discuss this with each other and support each other. Um, But the actual exercise itself will be available to everybody in that witch school. So I'm very, very excited to offer that. And then on to our neighbor highlight 
for the episode for today. I, you know, today I just wanted to shout out, this is actually going to be a triple. I have three wonderful humans to shout out because I find that these three neighbors just like so regularly and so frequently and consistently reach out to me about the show, share the show with their friends and on social media and are just some of the most regular supporters in the neighborhood. And they absolutely deserve a shout out. So I just wanted to say hello and you are awesome to Jen Hedgewitch 11, Ezreal, Ezreal's art, and Sasha, Pagan Homemaker, Um, We've heard of Sasha before on the podcast. I mentioned Sasha's profile and her work that she does a few moon days ago when we were talking about void of course moons. But Sasha, Ezreal, Jen, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for being such regular supporters and advocates for the show. You have no idea what it means to me and what it does for the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You are absolute magic. Mm. All right, everybody. I am very excited. Let's jump into today's episode, what I wish I knew when I first started learning astrology. Hi, neighbor. I want to take a quick moment to thank our episode affiliate for the day, one of my favorite companies and products to date, Magic of Eye and their Astrological Planner. If this is not your first time in the neighborhood and you've been around for a while, you very well know how much I love and how frequently I mention this planner. It has been a part of my astrological journey pretty much since the very beginning of my studies. This planner not only has educational support like reference materials, there's basically a mini textbook at the beginning of this planner, but it also just has journey support because there's journal spaces, uh, there's a lunar calendar, there's a transit calendar to help you learn astrology, but to actually start living uh, very cyclically and cosmically, regardless of your experience level. This is what I love about this planner. It's very, very accessible, no matter what experience level you are with astrology. Personally, I use it for both my personal life and my business. It's an integral part of my planning and scheduling practices. Now this year for the 2023 edition, their new theme is astromycology. So in this 280 page astrology planner, uh, again, that is for all different experience levels. We are now getting the extra edition of mycology exploration or the magic and healing properties of mushrooms. And this is absolutely a fascinating subject to me, as I'm sure it already is to so many of you. Um, And the cool part is, is not only is there a section in the planner with different types of mushrooms and their healing properties and benefits, but they also have an exploration on astrology to fungi connection, which I think is so cool. Get yours today and support that witch podcast by ordering yours at the link in the show notes below. So, in a lot of ways, this list could be insanely long, but 
you know, it's one of those things where when you reflect back on something like this, what I wish I knew then, you know, if I, if I only knew then what I know now, you know, the list could practically be infinite if you let it. But I think that the most effective way to do this for yourself is to look at the most profound signifiers. So what are the most profound things that you wish you knew when you first started out? And maybe asking yourself, why? Why do I wish this is what I knew when I first started learning astrology or again, whatever it is, whatever the the subject matter is. And I think that when you do this kind of two things happen at the same time. Um, number one, again, you're, you're naming the significance. You're not just making this endless list of regrets these are significant pieces of information. They're empowering pieces of information. And that's what makes them significant and meaningful. So it makes the whole process more intentional. And the other thing that it does, I think, is it actually helps us appreciate our past selves, our past capacities, previous versions of ourselves and previous versions of our lives. And it, it gives us such better understanding. And it's funny because, you know, we think while we're in the middle of living, right? Like right now in the present moment, you know, in a few months, in a year, this is going to be a past version of yourself, right? But it doesn't feel that right right now. It feels like right now, like we're very, very aware of what's going on. Um, and we have a very good grasp in our comprehension of how our life is working and why things are happening the way that they are. And it's never the case, right? You know, always, always in the process of reflection, is there illumination and, and new truths uncovered that we didn't realize at the time? It's always, always been the case. And I think that when we have this appreciation for where we were at at any given time and we get that better clarity and better understanding of why things were the way they were at that time, why they needed to happen the way that they needed to, right? In order to get to where we did today. We really are able to let go of like bitterness and resentment and toxic and unnecessary. That's the most important word here. Unnecessary attachments to honestly pass judgments of ourselves when the truth is when we release those things through this entire reflection process, we are able to so much more effectively learn from our own personal history. So yes, I want this episode to be me, Danny, that witch next door, giving you my personal, you know, as a seasoned and experienced astrologer at this point, of course, I want to give you what I've learned and, and gained and understood in my experience. But bigger than that, 
I want these kinds of episodes to inspire you to do this same process for yourself and maybe even pretend you're just talking about it on a podcast episode so that you're not in the frame of mind of judging yourself and being harsh on your past self and the knowledge you did or didn't have. And instead, you're just coming at it from a curious place and a place of observation and a place of wanting to learn more for moving forward. So let's get into it. The first thing that I thought of when I thought, all right, what do I wish I knew? What do I wish I didn't ignore or sweep under the rug or feel intimidated by. That's a big one. The first thing that came to my head was other people. And I mean this in a lot of ways. I wish that I would have talked with more people about astrology that also gave a shit. You know, the more and more I studied the more and more I was talking about it anyways. And don't get me wrong, I was spewing it on to other people all the time. But it was so often falling on deaf ears because I was not being intentional at all about who I discussed and shared this information with. And one of the biggest and main reasons I ended up starting that witch school in the way and fashion and structure that I did and why I went straight to Mighty Networks and a social media platform versus going straight to Patreon is I had known by that point when I was starting the school how incredibly beneficial it is to have other like-minded individuals that actually give a fuck about talking about and learning about astrology more in one room. It's in one room talking with each other. It's, it's almost immeasurable how valuable it is throughout your entire journey. I really think that creating and cultivating and seeking out aligned community for yourself is no matter what such a beneficial and important thing that we all do. But I, when we're talking about like integrating a subject and a practice and a skill, and quite frankly, basically a brand new language, as complex and big and nuanced as astrology Well, I can almost guarantee you that without other people, without other brains to pick and to share your information with and to, and to gather and learn more information from, you will cap your understanding. Some of the biggest, this is probably that, and probably why I thought of it first, but this is probably the biggest thing I see hold beginners back is because they just start consuming astrological information. They buy a book, they listen to a podcast, they follow a couple astrologers on Instagram, and they call it a day. Maybe they journal about it sometimes. Maybe they look up their chart once in a while on time passages or on astro.com or whatever it is, right? Maybe they read the pattern and they take a look at the planets associated with with the transits and the interpretations that they're being given each day. I get it. But 
I promise you that without that interaction piece with other real people, you will cap your understanding and your learning. It would be like only using one chart forever to learn astrology from. You're just limiting yourself. You just, it's just an act of limiting yourself. So if learning more about astrology isn't something you're very interested in, I mean, I would be surprised why you were interested in this episode. (laughs) Uh, No, but I, I think that we hear this, like cultivate community, make sure you're commenting with other people, you're seeking out other uh, astrologers or astrology students, and you're talking with people like, I think it just sounds so, so, so intimidating that we make all these excuses for it. And one of the biggest excuses I hear is, well, I don't really need to know that much, which is totally valid and fine. But to me, it sounds like you had an interest and a calling to something and now you're downplaying it because you are feeling intimidated about the next step. And there's a difference between genuinely not being interested in moving forward with something, which is totally fine, and holding yourself back because you feel uncomfortable about talking with new people about a subject that feels relatively new or beginner to you. Um, This very easily leads into my next one, which is I wish I wouldn't have doubted my own interpretations as much as I did at the beginning. So there was this long stage in my learning where, and this is why it goes hand in hand with number one here. There was a long stage where I was so solo in my studies and my learning of astrology. And I was so intimidated by talking with other people and just constantly sitting in my imposter syndrome, um, putting other people's interpretations on a pedestal. And all the while, all it did was made me keep myself silent over and over and over again. I would just keep my mouth shut. I can't tell you how many times, and tell me if this is you, I can't tell you how many times I'd be on Instagram or Facebook group or whatever in one, you know, in one of the astrology circles and they would post about the new moon in cancer or whatever the transit was, or they'd post a picture of someone's chart and I would see something, something would jump out at me and I'd start typing out a comment and then I, ah, no, backspace, backspace, right? Tap, 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 just delete it keep scrolling, like it, maybe like a couple other people's comments, keep scrolling. There was always some little seed of doubt that what if what I'm about to say is wrong, meaning incorrect. There, this is so common. It's not even funny. It's so common. It's probably more of a rite of passage. (laughs) I still had to put it on the list because I do wish that I wouldn't have been so scared and I would have hit submit on so many of those comments because here's the thing. I highly doubt that whatever you comment is about to be just 
flat out inaccurate. Okay. The likelihood of that is very, very slim. I promise. However, even if what you post, maybe you do mix up a couple of signs. Maybe you do mix up some, some information you read somewhere. First of all, it happens to everyone. This is so complex. You're learning so many different terms, so many different definitions, so many different symbols. You're bound to mix things up sometimes, okay? First of all, so don't be so hard on yourself when it happens. But secondly, the reason this is so important and beneficial when this happens is this is how we start conversations with people. Post that comment, whatever that little piece of the chart or piece of that transit that you're scrolling by, that you're about to comment on, whatever that piece was that jumped out at you, you know what I'm about to say. It jumped out at you for a reason. And maybe that reason is because that person needs to hear that message that day. Sure. But maybe even more so than that, you're meant to interact and, and, write out and vocalize that piece that jumped out at you because you're meant to trust your intuition in that moment. Maybe your higher self is giving you a little here, a little, I I honestly picture like a little underhand of a little ball, like a little softball. Here you go. Underhanding it too. Here, try this. And we see it. (laughs) I have such a great visual. Our higher self, are you ready for this? They've got the little softball. Okay. All right. And they're looking at you and you're looking at your higher self and you're like, okay. And then your higher self's like, all right, ready? Here, up, takes this and just lightly underhands, very lightly tosses it to you. And you, this is you typing out the comment and then deleting it. You open your arms to catch it and then go, and pull them away and just let the ball drop. <laughs> and so your higher self does a little bit of a, a face palm. <laughs> and I really, really think that we have so many opportunities to practice and to apply our knowledge. And we do such a disservice to ourselves by shying, that's the truth, shying away from most of the opportunities. So I want you to practice something tangible for you. Maybe you're a full-time student in that witch school. Um, Maybe you're a neighbor and you just follow a bunch of different astrologers, including me on Instagram, whatever platforms you have access to. What is a tangible, small goal? of some kind of socializing or interaction piece that you can make for yourself, some kind of goal you can set. Like, I'm going to make it a point to either do the homework that Danny gives us or comment on somebody's astrology post or question in that witch school once a week. Maybe that goal is once a month. And then again, you can translate that to Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, wherever you get a lot of your astrological information. But I highly, highly recommend surrounding yourself with and joining communities with other like-minded people that actually give a shit about learning more about astrology too. And then 
I want you to actually practice giving your interpretation because these are the two top things you really are probably doing a disservice to yourself with in your, in your astrology studies. So number three, the third thing that I wish that I knew when I first started learning astrology is you will have to repeat information a lot. You are going to have to look at the same chart, the same reference, the same cheat sheet, the same page in a book, whatever that is, over and over and over and over again. It is going to take time for this information to really sink in. And if we treat the whole thing like a memorization game, you know, that's about as deep as our understanding will go. We'll have a bunch of symbols that we matched to names. We'll have a bunch of keywords that we matched to zodiac signs or planets, right? Even though you have to reference the same material over and over and over and over again. I don't want your method to be memorization. Okay, Aries is Mars. Mars is Aries. Cool. Taurus is Venus. Venus is Taurus. I want you, and this is exactly why I designed level one astrology the way that I did. I want you to give yourself the permission to review the basics as many times as you need to and give it your full listenership and dedication whenever you do this, whether you're rereading a chapter, re-listening to an episode, retaking a class, looking at one of those reference charts again, right? Whatever that thing is, I want you to be fully present in the moment, not just trying to get your eyes and brain to photographically remember something. But when you show up with that repeated, dedicated presence over and over again, what you'll actually start doing is making a real impression on your brain and on your understanding. And then when you compile all this with talking with other people, practicing your interpretation, like we talked about, this is when astrology comes to life. And when you really start kind of flowing the wheel of retention and integration, it doesn't feel so start and stop anymore. You get in this flow of, I learn new information. I practice applying it. I learn new information. I practice applying it instead of this panic, quite honestly, for maybe lack of a better term, but I see a lot of people panic. They just get really, really scared to participate or to interact or to look away from the book, whatever it is. And it feels very start and stop. It feels very jagged. And I promise that with time, if you show up with real presence even if you've had to look at that same page in that same book 60 times before. And you're like, shit, I can't remember what it says under Virgo again. That's okay. That's okay. Open it up and be present for that. Virgo is what? Oh, that's right. And you'll get to this point where finally you start looking at it. You see one keyword and a full wave of understanding will come through you. Oh, that's right. Virgo, earth, mutable, ruled by Mercury. All of it will flow and it'll be actual understanding. 
not just a bunch of memorization. When we only memorize, we don't really get like a natural flow of our interpretation. We will always sound very, very mechanical. Okay. We'll get into that a little bit more toward the end of the list. We'll end up coming back to this a little bit, but don't be afraid to have to repeat learning the basics many, many times. Just give yourself permission to show up fully present every time you do. Okay. Uh, number four, this is number four, take breaks. I wish I knew this. Take breaks from looking at your own chart. Oh my Lord. Looking at, I have used this analogy here on the show and with clients, I have said this many times and I'll never stop saying it. When you look at the same chart over and over and over again, and you're basically shouting at it energetically, like, show me something new. Like, I just can't understand. I can't break the code. When you're blocked like that, looking at your own chart, it's because you need to look away. It is the exact same thing as opening the fridge over and over and over again, looking for a snack over and over and over again. Eventually, you need to change the scenery. You need to reset your vision somehow so that you can come back and look at it fresh. And I personally think with astrology, the best, I I don't know how to help you with the refrigerator thing. Sorry, I do the same thing. But with astrology, I can tell you that changing it up by looking at other charts, so helpful. Um, I would practice with a couple of things. Number one, loved ones. I would get the birth time and information for your loved ones, the people you interact with the most in your life. Um, This is for a couple of reasons. You know them almost as well as you know yourself. So it's kind of like a different version of looking at your own chart. It should feel very, very familiar. Um, but you will also notice (coughs) all these different overlaps and connections with each other, uh, which also, again, just really, really helps kind of refresh your entire perspective and make new connections with astrology you hadn't been making before. Um, I also recommend a couple of different kinds. So you you can do loved ones. Um, There are lots of like celebrity and practice charts out there, out there on the internet. This can be, we can start getting into a conversation of ethics when we go down this road. Like, is it ethical to use celebrities birth charts if they didn't consent to giving out that information, you can wrestle with that yourself and make a decision yourself. I totally trust you. You're an autonomous human being. You got this. But um, they, if you don't, if you're like, huh, I don't like doing that. I don't want to do that. That's totally fine. They make birth charts. They give birth times and all of that for fictional characters So if you are the lover of a book series like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or Hunger Games or Twilight, whatever it is, can you tell I'm a millennial? Um, (laughs) Those were the four that came to me. Um, They, if you search Harry Potter's birthday or birth chart, people are making these charts. This goes for TV shows. I have seen birth charts for characters in The Office, for characters in Schitt's Creek, for characters in in New Girl, all seriously, so many. The list is so, so, so endless. So that is a great practice tool, Um, especially with shows and 
honestly, fictional characters that we love in general, because this is almost like our loved ones. If you've read the same book series over and over again, or rewatched the same TV show or movie series over and over and over again, you feel like you know those characters, again, very similarly to the way you know your loved ones. And so looking at their chart, again, going to feel familiar. There's going to be things that you're able to connect and understand. And again, there should be some connections that you're able to draw to your own chart that make you go, ha now I know why I feel so connected to Hermione, okay? Um, and then last little chart practice tip I have are... Uh, the charts of significant events. This is another great practice and it changes it up from looking at the natal chart of a person. And instead, you're looking at the birth of an event, the time that an event took place or a significant day occurred. This, obviously, as you can imagine, the options are endless. You can look at significant days throughout history that are important to all of us collectively or they can be significant days in your life. So if something absolutely crazy happened to you four years ago and you'll never forget that day, look up the chart for it. Um, That is a great way to kind of change our focus. We're still using the same building blocks of what we've learned in astrology, but we're applying them in a little bit different of a way since we're having to describe an event and more of an environment rather than a physical human being, okay? So this is really beneficial. If there was one thing I would love to go back and tell beginner astrologer Danny, it would be, oh my God, you will never stop looking at your chart. So you should also be diversifying the other charts you're looking at. Like we're always going to look at our own chart. So I wish I just wouldn't have hyper-focused on it so much. And I would have been making sure to practice with way, way, way more, especially the, the significant events charts. I really wish I would have practiced with looking at significant days and like times throughout my life or throughout history. Um, other than just looking at and analyzing people and natal charts. Okay, now this brings us to one, two, three, four, number five. Okay, number five is reference charts and like cheat sheets are your BFF. And I want you to think of them like you used to use flashcards for study review before or during like a big test. So remember how, and I don't know if this was super universal for everybody. It sounds relatively common. Usually you could get like a note card for a class, big test, like the final, and you were allowed to like write as much information that you could on that note card. And you could, you could just have it out on your desk while you were taking this test and review it and reference it as much as you want. So you better make sure you had good shit and handwriting <laughs> on your on your note card. Um, now, think of this like that, except minus all of that absolute horrible pressure and anxiety from taking a test <laughs> and from getting graded and potentially getting in trouble or whatever it is. Instead, it's it's interesting because it's astrology and you like learning about this stuff. But one thing that I, I, it took me way too long to do this. And by the time I did this in my learning journey, 
I didn't need to use these charts as much. Um, and I wish I would have done it at the beginning, but it's a big reason why I love making diagrams and reference charts and stuff now. Um, because I remember realizing that kind of later into my, you know, beginner study journey and I didn't use them to their, to their full effect because of that. So, um, I make a lot of them now and I highly recommend doing this for yourself. I personally benefit the most from like consuming reference material from a multitude of sources and making my own, or at least compiling all of those into one place. So I really, really loved cheat sheets that showed me the name of the zodiac sign, the symbol for that zodiac sign next to it, plus the ruling planet, plus if it was a fire, earth, air, water sign, right? All of these things. Um, that's why I made the reference chart on thatwitchnextdoor.com. That's a totally free reference that everybody can have. Um, and I have references linked like a mother in this episode for you. So don't forget to check out the show notes. Um, and there will be some references in the astro channeling exercise for everyone and bonus content. But just right here in the show notes, I've got some great links, but you can also always go over to thatwitchnextdoor.com slash resources. Make sure you check out the neighborhood library. It's like this big master list of recommendations and resources and just favorite items, products, apps, websites, et cetera, that are really beneficial for um, definitely learning astrology, but I even have, you know, witchcraft on there and, and business resources, all kinds of stuff. Um, but I have that reference chart available for everybody there. So you can go to, you can get it at resources that which slash resources or in the neighborhood library. It's in both places and you can just download that and, and have it on your phone or your, or your computer or whatever. Or you can use my reference chart as inspiration to make your own, which is ultimately what I ended up doing. I remember sitting down with like two of my favorite books and one of my favorite websites open. And I basically just visually freehand. It wasn't the prettiest thing. I never said I was an artist, but it was very useful. And visually, I just recreated what I was looking at by compiling all of that different information into one big reference chart that I, I carried it with me in my planner so that throughout the day I could look at it because you just get to this stage sometimes when you're studying astrology where it's it's all you think about and it's all you see and it's all you can, it, you just see it pop up everywhere around you. And you'll find yourself talking about it or people asking you about it. And you want to have that quick reference. I wish that I wouldn't have felt embarrassed to reference anything in the first place. And I wish I would have made those little cheat sheets and reference materials for myself way, way sooner because You'll just, <laughs> the earlier you make them, the more you'll use them. I promise. They help. This is part of the reason I love the magic of iPlanner so much because it basically has a mini reference textbook at the beginning of the planner. It was an absolute game changer for me to have that information on the go. So I, I had to mention, um, you know, traveling, easily referenced cheat sheets and reference material. 
Okay. Number six. Yes. Diversify your education. Do not just get all of your astrological information from like one to three astrologers or one app that tells you the transits or whatever. It is so important that we diversify the streams in which we consume this information. People of different backgrounds, races, ages, abilities, income levels, different experiences, everyone, everyone has such a unique interpretation to offer. Everyone looks at astrology, which is a lens itself, through their own lens. And the more you diversify where you're getting this information from, I promise you, the stronger your own interpretations will be. When you're only getting your information from one or two sources, you're not really creating your own interpretation. Most of the time you're regurgitating information that you heard. But when you read about um, uh, like the eclipse coming up, right? Uh, our, Our total lunar eclipse in Taurus coming up. If you only read about that from one source and talk about it, you're going to essentially be regurgitating information that you heard. But if you make sure that you're listening to the energy and the understanding and the events surrounding the full uh, Taurus lunar eclipse coming up from you know, a couple of YouTube channels, a few different Instagrams, a few different TikTok accounts. Um, You you look at it on Time Passages or whatever app you use. Plus you hop over to another couple of websites that, you know, you keep in your back pocket, but they're not usually your go-to, right? Make that extra effort though, to make that entire process kind of your go-to. This is something that I got in the habit of, again, a little bit later than I wish that I did. Um, and I did it out of, uh, I did it out of stagnancy. I could feel myself feeling capped and stagnant and kind of plateauing in my understanding and my interpretation. And when I really stood back, I realized, you know, I'm only getting this information from like a total of four, maybe five sources at all. And, you know, if I really truly want to make the most sense of this information as it, as it does to me, I need to hear it from as many sources as possible. And, oh my God, I just, I'm telling you, I think one of the most beneficial things that you can do is look up and listen to the interpretations of the same major transit from a multitude of sources. It is such a cool way to go about it instead of just waking up, getting on your app, looking at the aspects that this transit is making for you and moving on with your day. Again, it just makes so much sense why we're not really integrating our information. But instead, when we, it's, it's, we should use the same concept, you know, when we're studying major current events in society and globally as well. If, if a media source tells you something happened, I think that it is so much more accurate and beneficial 
to look up that same story from a fuck ton of sources and hear it from a bunch of different perspectives so that you can be way more accurate in your own judgment and opinion of of the event itself. And the very, very same goes for astrology. So diversify, diversify your education. It should be such a colorful array of astrologers that you follow and learn from always. I don't care how, that is not just a beginner tip. That is for everyone tip. Okay. Oh my God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I should have numbered them, but I didn't. They're bulleted and it looks very cute in my notes. It's very nice handwriting page, but I should have numbered them. (laughs) So we're on number seven. Um, okay. Number seven is very important and very difficult to explain. And I think it's one of, it's a, it's definitely a hump that everyone has to get over in the whole process and journey that is astrology. I wish I could go back and tell myself that when you're interpreting, when you're giving a reading, when you're letting the chart speak to you, right? What you're doing is you're blending what you've learned with what you know. And when I say no, I don't mean the left side of the brain. I know that Gemini is an air sign. No, no, no. That's, that's information you've learned, okay? That's the left side of the brain. That's what you've learned. I'm talking about the right side of the brain here. I'm talking about the third eye here. I'm talking about intuition. I'm talking about that shit that you know, but you don't know why you know it or how you know it, but you know it. And I need you to trust that that is an equally valuable part of the equation as the logic and the left side, the left brain's contribution is as well. These are what really, truly set the great astrologers apart. Those people that you follow that you just love the way they take the information from the cosmos and give it back out and and vocalize it and explain it, right? They are combining what they've learned logically with what they know intuitively. And the only difference, the only difference is that because they keep practicing and they've been doing it for so long, they have built wonderful trust within themselves. They have built a wonderful, wonderful trust in that intuition. I, this is that hump that everyone experiences, like I said, and it happens at a different stage in the process for everybody. And quite honestly, it happens more than one time because even when you get to like the next level, there's always, astrology is so complex. There's, there's always more to learn. So make no mistake, this very, very much happens to me. And even though this is a a list of what I wish I knew when I first started, again, I am very, very much taking this advice right now from myself into my present because I will always be an astrology student first. I'm always learning more. I'm always seeking new information in astrology. And I also am reminding myself that when I'm learning those new, big, complex areas and corners of astrology, 
And I'm letting the chart speak to me so that I'm actually right, like applying what I've been reading about. And I, I let myself, okay, we're going to, we're going to say this out loud. I'm going to try and vocalize and verbalize what I have come to understand to this point. And the truth is, is that that understanding up to this point is a combination of what I've learned with what I already intuitively know. And I am doing a disservice to myself if I shut that part up. I really want to say that again. I am doing a disservice to myself if I silence that intuitive part of my interpretation or reading. I'm doing a disservice to the chart. I'm doing a disservice to my higher self, to the person that I'm explaining and vocalizing it to. Why am I doing a disservice? Because I'm holding back a giant, just as important piece of the puzzle. It's part of it. That's what makes astrology this bridge study. It's a little bit science. It's a little bit intuition. It's both. It's neither. It's everything. It's not right. It. If we don't embrace the duality of astrology, we will always, always limit ourselves to our true, full potential and actually understanding these concepts and actually being able to recognize them when they're happening around us. And you can definitely forget anything about forecasting. If you want to be able to forecast, people ask me that all the time. Can we... So I can talk about the transits and the aspects, the upcoming transits like you can, Danny. If you, if you shut that part off of yourself and you just speak from what the textbooks have told you, there is no forecasting, astrologically speaking, without, at, at, without that important intuitive piece. Even the most seasoned and experienced astrologers listen to their lectures, listen to, and there's, you know, a couple off the very top of my head are two old white dudes actually, but I absolutely love both of their, their teachings and their content and material and their books, but Rick Levine and Stephen Forrest. And I will, um, put both in the, in the show notes before, before, put both in the show notes below. And it's, they're advanced astrologers. And when you're listening to them, sometimes they sound like a textbook. (laughs) They make it sound so geometric, mathematical, scientific. There's just a way they, they give the information. It does. It sounds so practical and analytical and logical. But if you're really listening, if you're really listening, the right brain is just as active. Their intuition is just as present and flowing. So I I can't let you shut that part of yourself off because you are shutting off, you are totally shutting off your own potential. So don't feel like you have to just regurgitate and repeat what you've learned. Part of your interpretation is the intuitive knowing and you gotta trust it. I promise. The more I trusted it, you know what? The feedback became more and more and more. This goes for tons of different things in our life, but I experienced this in, in tarot too. 
and where people would go, oh my God, that's so spot on. That resonates so deeply. I can't believe, you know, this just happened to me yesterday. It's so crazy that you say that because just this morning I was thinking about this, right? That feedback, I got that feedback from speaking the inner knowing. And I don't want you to sit there and go, yeah, but Danny, that's because you have the ability to do that. And I don't, if you feel that way, I need you to go back and listen to the spirit channeling episode from a couple of weeks ago. Cause I don't believe that. That's not what I believe. All right. Number eight, number eight is a number, but it also just applies to the previous seven in general. The last piece of advice is never stop practicing. There was a time where I did. I stopped practicing. And, you know, I was reading charts for clients and I was telling myself I was practicing because of course, technically, right? Yeah. I'm reading a chart. Yes. I'm, I'm interpreting it for somebody. Yes. That is a practice. What I mean is there was a stage where I stopped making time to practice. I I didn't follow the advice I've given you here today. I didn't keep up on my studies. I didn't dedicate time to my learning, to the actual subject. I let it become just my profession for a little while. That's the truth. And if you are interested in or you are a person that practices astrology professionally, you will experience this or you already have experienced this. And it'll kind of become just your job all of a sudden. And the same thing happened. It's funny because I was no longer a beginner. I wasn't, I was definitely not a beginner anymore, but the same thing happened to me as it did when I was a beginner. And all of a sudden I found myself in stagnancy. I was plateauing. Even though I was quote unquote, practicing with new charts, right? I still felt blocked. The charts weren't speaking to me anymore. It's because it truly is because I had closed the learning channel and I had started acting in the astrology channel only as a guide and a teacher and a reader and not as a student. And it is a huge reason why I now refer to myself constantly as an astrology student first, because I learned from experience why that's so important that we stay in the learning channel and stay in the student role with our other roles. You can be a credible authority in the astrological community. You can be a leader. You can be a teacher and a guide. Fuck yeah, you got this. And you're always a student. And you're always learning. And if you shut that center off, trust me, baby, it will shut off and you will stop learning. And all of a sudden you'll be like, why do I suddenly feel so stuck in all of this? Because you shut the learning channel off. So the last message, the last piece of advice applies to every experience level, no matter where you're at in your journey. Never, no, and, and honestly, no matter what your goals are or intentions are with astrology, never stop practicing. Never shot off the learning channel and never stop thinking of yourself as a student of the stars. 
I mean that. I hope that today's episode is helpful. I I hope that you got a little bit different perspective. I hope that if you've been feeling stuck at all in your astrological studies, that you feel a little bit refreshed. Make sure you check out the show notes. Uh, if there's any episode you go to the show notes for, I would do this one. Um, there are tons and tons of links, not only for joining us in that witch school so that you're getting this amazing bonus content that I'm always talking about, but for all of these resources, I have linked a few helpful episode, previous episodes, um, as well as that resources page at the Neighborhood Library Master List, everything. So make sure you check out the show notes below. And if you found this episode to be helpful and you learned something new, I would be so appreciative if you would share the show with a friend. If you're in that witch school and you're really enjoying what you're learning, I would be so appreciative if you would share that with a friend that you also think would enjoy it. This is really, truly how we magically grow this community. And I am so incredibly grateful for your support and your help in me doing that. So I hope that this was valuable. Thank you so much for your time today and every day. I am so, 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 so incredibly appreciative of every single one of you. I hope you have a beautiful start to your November. Make sure you stay safe, make sure you have fun and stay magical out there. neighbor. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of That Witch Podcast. If you want to support the show and get your hands on some really magical goodies, make sure you check out some of the awesome companies that I'm an affiliate for in the show notes below. You can also leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes as well as Spotify now. And really the best way to support That Witch Podcast is just by sharing the show online, like your social media platforms, or telling a friend that you think would enjoy it. If you're looking for more magical content like bonus episodes, classes I teach, and support in your witchcraft, make sure you come check us out in that witch school, my magical monthly membership with a very welcoming private online community. And don't forget to subscribe to my email list for weekly astro forecasts, journal prompts, and more, and stay up to date with all the happenings here in the neighborhood.